the fire is strong. I remain on, I remain on, through the fire of a stone, I remain on, uh, trial by fire, trial by fire, it's the trial by fire, it's the trial Welcome everybody to the Armchair Bookers Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Joslin. I am rolling solo. It is great to be talking wrestling, especially following SummerSlam, which is this episode is going to be all about. It's going to be all about SummerSlam. So let's hop in. You're going to get to know me as I talk about this amazing event. Episode one, Armchair Bookers podcast re-debuting. I'll get to a little bit of that later, but here we go. Episode one, Joshua Johnson, your host. Let's talk about it. Logan Paul defeating Ricochet, match one. Um, you read online that he wanted to go see his brother box. He wanted it to, to be match one. I thought it was a great placement no matter what his reasonings were because, man, that was a fun way to start the show. Uh, the spots were phenomenal. Uh, lots of oohs and ahs, and I think the athleticism, you know, it lived up to the hype in that sense. Um, way too many viral moment proclamations from the broadcast team. I think that they, uh, that every big move they kind of telegraphed that it was a big move was coming. Um, chill with that. Let the fans decide if it should go viral. Let the fans decide if it was something huge. Um, so, leading with that, uh, as you saw some things coming. Frustrated me a bit, but that didn't take anything away from the, the two guys involved. I am a Logan Paul hater. Hopefully that stirs some feathers. I don't, I don't know anymore. Uh, but he is good. He's very, very good. Uh, Ricochet made him look like a superstar. Um, he helped Ricochet look like a superstar. Uh, it, it showed some, you know, where Ricochet still needs some work, which is on the mic and selling some emotion. Um, I think some vets, uh, Billy Ray mentioned that in an article I read. Uh, you know, let's see him actually show some emotion like he cares. It's, you know, he's still a little wooden. But the, what he can do in the ring, man, if he finds the mic work, stars are uh, the only thing that uh, are going to be, you know, above him. And uh, I'm not sure if that even made sense, but what I was trying to say is, He's going to be a superstar. <laughs> I, um, uh, I appreciate the finish. I think that it gave Ricochet out, which, um, you know, I appreciate that Logan Paul was cool with that finish. He got the win. Uh, it still saves some shine for Ricochet. Uh, and then Logan Paul's antics afterwards, pointing at uh, Ricochet's uh, young lady friend, um, I thought added to the character. And, and he knocked it out of the park. I'm, I'm really impressed with Logan Paul. So a uh, great match. Um, going into Cody Rhodes and, and Brock Lesnar after that, wow, like, uh, you know, you want to go from watching people fly around to watching two guys on the mat or, uh, you know, knuckled up, just pummeling each other. Um, Cody Rhodes beating Brock Lesnar. Uh, a lot of people saw the, the, uh, the, um, the finish coming either way, uh, whether you did or didn't, you wanted to see how it got there. And I think how it got there was just terrific. Um, I love that it was brutal. Lesnar, you know, threw a beating to Cody. Cody took it all. Um, even though it's a typical Lesnar match when he's working a smaller opponent, you know, they, they tend to get the, the upper hand offensively by getting him into the ring post or, or getting something across his ribs and then taking advantage. I don't mind. Uh, it can paint by numbers, but if you make it work, that's all that matters. And uh, Cody made it work. Lesnar made this match work. In ways that, I mean, he really needs to stand up and, uh, and uh, applause for his role in this. Um, I think he outshined, uh, outshone, outshined Cody in, in a lot of ways. Uh, his, his selling to the crowd, his, you know, his selling to Cody with his emotion 
uh, during the match when he's just begging Cody to stay down. He wasn't trying to pin him. He wasn't trying to hit him with ADF5s. He was trying to get him out of the ring so he would he would just give up. But that is where, you know, the Cody story comes into play. And I thought that was the cool dynamic. It's not going to happen, Lesnar. You're going to have to hit him with, with 19F5s and, and hope at that point he just can't move because Cody's not going to give up. He's going to keep getting back in the ring. Um, you know, I thought that, that that really showed the best parts of Cody. And it shows that uh, he's not, he's not, um, he hasn't plateaued with the underdog story. It is still on the rise. And this whole Lesnar program has done wonders for Cody. I applaud Brock. The, the work after the the fin- uh, the finish too with um with the embrace and the head you know before they before they even embraced the the head to head like Rams and then the uh, the respect that Brock showed to Cody he doesn't do that uh, whether he was made to or not I don't think you can make Brock do anything so um, that was clearly you know in his mind frame to to do as well so applause that was a really cool moment. And again, that that put Cody through the through the stratosphere, in my opinion. And I was already high on him, so I will I will say that. Uh, I do have to ask, why wasn't Cody DQ'd for using the steps? You know, uh, they're really getting away from foreign objects. Uh, you know, I understand going through a table, but purposely getting something foreign and and using it, that typically should be causing a DQ. So I do have a gripe, and I will point those out. You know, as we go. But overall, wonderful. Um, L.A. Knight winning the uh, Slim Jim Battle Royale. Um, I think it is exactly the kind of thing that will work for L.A. Knight. Um, people love him. He was over during that match. Booze when he was almost eliminated. Cheers when he got somebody out. And a huge pop for when he took, t- took the whole thing. I think that this is a good way to continue to build him. Um, you know, it keeps you him in the forefront of your mind, but it doesn't put him in a program that he, you know, you would know he's going to lose uh, something like, you know, going for a big belt, even with the money in the bank. I personally am okay with him not having it. I'll get into that in other episodes, um, and that's not a knock against LA Knight. I think he's terrific. I think he is absorbing qualities from past wrestlers, but that is what wrestling is all about, which again is, is a, t- a hot take that I, uh, I'll share throughout all my podcasts going forward, I'm sure. Old school, new school, and, and how to blend them. Speaking of old uh, old school feelings and old school topics, we do have previous content that the Armchair Bookers podcast has uh, released. Um, you can find that on YouTube, our Armchair Bookers podcast on YouTube. Uh, lots of interviews that I had done in years past um, to name drop. Uh, I do have Karrion Cross formerly known as Killer Cross, when I interviewed him. Uh, I do get to talk to Belak Fale. I got to talk to um, King Haku, uh, to name a few. So check out uh, our YouTube page. Click to like, subscribe, notifi- notify yourself when we have new content. New content's on the way. Um, had to plug right there. It was perfect for L.A. Knight. I feel like he is the guy to uh, segue into a plug for yourself. Um, I also like the Battle Royale because it, it was a great breather between uh, after two amazing matches. Um, a nice breather leading into uh, the next match, which was Shayla, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. To go back to the Battle Royale real quick, I like that there were a couple storylines that progressed. So when people say, oh, what was the point? It was just to get people on there. Yeah, but with those people, they progr- uh, they, they seem to uh, have some time left in, in programs with them, like AJ and, and Killer Cross. Um, sorry, Karrion Cross, Champ and Nakamura and Reed got into it again. Theory and Escobar had an exchange. So we'll see if those programs continue uh, past the Battle Royale. Uh, on to Shayna Baszler and Ronda. Shayna won. I'm not going to be honest with you. Bye, Ronda. 
Deuces. Uh, I'm, I'm good with you taking your hiatus. I was never into you. Uh, first run, this run, you know, um, yep. See you later. Uh, I like that Baszler got the rub. Um, and it will do good things for her, but I am not a Ronda fan. I think she regressed, and it was obvious that she regressed, and, you know, to, to I don't know, didn't seem like she cared. So, bye, Ronda. Good luck. Hopefully, uh, you know, you come back with some, some energy to it. Done talking to you. Shayna, congrats. Glad that you got the rub. Um, on to Gunther versus McIntyre. I love Gunther. I love what he's doing with the Intercontinental Belt. I love that it's, they made it important again. And that's why I like that he went over Drew. What does this mean for Drew? Uh, I think he's too much of a fan favorite to turn heel. I think there's too many stories to tell. But I think that he does have to move away from Gunther. Um, maybe stepping back towards, towards Roman would be good. Uh, he did have a holdup coming back. Apparently, you know, because of some creative... Uh, differences or at least uh, creative decisions waiting to fall into place. So I am excited to see what happens there. As always, this match did not disappoint. Uh, just two big hosses, as Jim Ross would say, a big hoss fight, brutalizing each other, pummeling each other. It was, um, you know, an old school wrestling match. There was no high flying. There were some, you know, some big man off the top rope moves, but this was all about chops and hits and kicks and tosses. And I loved every minute of it. I love Gunther. Um, keep him running with the belt. I can't wait to see what comes next uh, program-wise with him. And I am excited to see what character changes are in store for Drew. Um, love the match. Love the decision. Seth versus Finn. Oh, uh, man. I, uh, I loved it. I, I did. I loved so much of it uh, until the finish. The finish felt off to me. But to, before I get to the finish... I do want to say uh, Finn coming out with seven written uh, uh, on a shoulder that was injured was amazing. I thought that was fantastic. He looked like a stud. His whole demeanor coming into the match was studly. I really, um, I, I, I love the story that they told with this. Um, the Damian Priest factor in the background is what, finish, uh, what factored into the, the uh, finish, which was tough for me because I just felt like it was odd. Him tossing the briefcase in after hesitating, but Finn originally had told him no. Um, it looked like there was plenty of time for Finn to get the briefcase. I'm not sure what happened, but um, it was it was a flawed finish in an otherwise great storytelling match. Um, the things that you know uh, Finn doing the buckle bomb to Seth, throwing him into the barrier like he had gotten done to him. You know, throwbacks to their match seven years ago. So I love that they allowed that to to happen. So there was all that tie-in, and you felt the emotion of it. So that was really really cool. Um, again, the the finish was was interesting. Where do we go with this? Does Seth move on? Um, I, I'm assuming that he he does, and I, I'm I think that he should. So we'll see with that. Uh, Bianca uh, beating Charlotte and Asuka. It was a, a great match. My daughters loved it, and I'm not saying that for any other reason than to, to plug that I have daughters, and they'll be on an episode to plug in a future episode where they'll talk some matches with me. Um, I loved it as well. I I think that these are three of the the best um, best wrestlers in the world. Their work in the ring, um, again, storytelling. As I said in the beginning of this episode, you're going to learn th uh, about me through the way I talk about matches. You're going to hear me tell, say storytelling over and over and over again. And that's what these ladies did during the match. Um, Charlotte trying to fin, uh, uh, pin Bianca and Asuka at the same time. I thought that was was really cool. I thought that, um, that uh, you know, it, it showed that she's trying to be dominant. She's back. She's going to take over everybody. 
Um, so there's little pieces there. Her facial expressions are just crazy, crazy. When they just pull you in and forget, uh, you just feel what, what she's feeling in those moments when she's a heel or face, which is just a testament. Bianca felt a little bit lost in this. Uh, her coming out on top with the belt was a pleasant surprise. Uh, um, EO cashing in was unfortunately, Bianca, a more pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I am a little bit curious why they sacrificed Bianca in this. Um, I think that that kind of stinks unless she's moving over to, uh, to uh, feud with EO. She kind of has already been there and beat her several times while she was feuding with damage control. So I'm not, I hope that that's not exactly where they go with it. But where does it leave all three ladies? And I think that that's the, uh, a finish that makes me really, really excited to see uh, next week, SmackDown next week. Because you also have um, Bailey involved with EO and Shotzi involved with Bailey, So this could get really huge in terms of who's looking at the, the next shot. Um, I could really see them doing something with Bianca, Charlotte, Asuka, Bailey, and EO. Um, I think they could all make it. And Shotzi, excuse me. I would love for Shotzi to be included. I think that she's on the cusp of, of something huge. If they continue to push behind her, she has lots of layers to her characters when she brings them uh, to the screen. So uh, hopefully they continue with that. But this could get really crowded. The, the chase for the belt could get really, really crowded. And there's somebody great holding it in Io Shirai. Uh, Io Sky, excuse me, uh, formerly known as Io Shirai when she was on NXT. Um, Io is phenomenal, and she's going to um, she's going to put on some great matches. Studette, as I used to say. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, on to the main event: Roman Reigns beating Jey Uso. Oh, man, wow! Uh, so I wanted Finn to win. I'm going to go back to that real quick. He did not. Uh, the ending, like I said, was a little off. I, I understood why they kept it on Seth, but I wanted Finn. This match, I wanted Jay. My argument to that, and I'll keep this very quick, Roman wouldn't lose anything by losing the belt. He already broke so many records uh, holding the belt. He could drop it now, win it back at Royal Rumble against Jay, and off to SummerSlam to see Cody. We would go, I mean, WrestleMania, excuse me, we would go. Um, him winning uh, is still okay with me because I am not over this story. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in that and get to it for a minute. Uh, in a minute because uh, uh, a very close friend of mine does not agree. He does feel like it is jump the shark. Uh, it is run its course. But let me get back to the match quick and say that uh, the fantastic storyline uh, continues. Um, the physicality was off the charts. You could tell, you know, it, it felt like cousins fighting, but with, you know, one of those fights where you're like, we have to stand back and let them fight this out. Otherwise, you know, they're going to bring it every week to each other. And that's what it felt like leading into this. So the match played off of those emotions leading in, and that's what made me pop over and over and over again. Um, you know, um, Jay fighting from underneath and just taking the pummeling from Roman, who was not letting up, who was playing to the crowd like I had never seen. I mean, he's always good at it. Uh, he's gotten better and better, and this was probably his best performance. Telling the crowd to, to shush after he had thrown Jay a beaten, um, just playing with their emotions. And, uh, you know, uh, Jay deserves an Oscar for his work throughout this entire story. And it showed during the match, you know, the way he was selling, the way he was moving. Um, I really did think that he had it after he took, uh, took the interference from, from Solo and, and kept, kept his advantage. I really thought he had it. Woo, what a, a legit uh, swerve I did not expect to see, which was... Um, Jimmy coming back, super kicking Jay and feeding him back to Roman. So Jimmy has turned again to realign with the bloodline. Um, where does it go? This makes me excited to see what happens next week because there's just layers upon layers. And each thing that they do, you're like, 
okay, they can move on. They add another another piece to it that makes me want to see what happens next, and, and they did it again for me. A friend of mine disagrees. He feels like it is done. He feels like this has been, been going on too long. Roman is not over anymore in terms of, you know, what... what uh, yeah, what, what I'm saying right now, exactly. I know you're all shaking your head like, what is he talking about? I'm going to have him on in the future. We're mainly going to talk WCW, but I'm going to talk Bloodline with him because it will probably still go by the time I get him on, and I'll still be cheering. Um, the, the pullback here, the pullback here, and this is going to lead me into what I'm going to be talking about next week, super kicks. Yep, I'm that old guy that is not a fan of super kicks. Not from the Usos. Not from Kevin Owens, not from anybody that hits him 80,000 times in a match. I'm looking at you, Young Bucks, Super Kick Party, the Super Kick uh, Wrestling Alliance, which is AEW. Yeah, I'm talking about AEW. I'm going to talk all AEW next week since this was all WWE. And people are not going to like what I have to say. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to be negative, but AEW faithful, listen, tune in. Um, you're going to not like me because when I talk about not liking super kicks, guess what I'm going to say every single solitary match that I talk about? I don't like that they use a super kick. I don't like that they use a super kick. I don't like that they use a super kick. Are you tired of me saying oh, Okay. You know what? If you're still here, I'm going to stop because that could have gotten really, really, really annoying. So I'm going to stop there. I am not sorry in advance for what I'm going to talk about in regards to AW, but we're going to come back next week to hear me say it. And you're going to have a lot to say about it. I, I, I have a feeling if you're listening. Um, with that being said, you know, of course, I'm going to go have to go ahead and plug with what we have going on next week with AEW. How are you going to leave comments? Easy. You're going to check out our, like I said earlier, our Armchair Bookers podcast YouTube channel. We also have our Facebook page up and running, our TikTok, our Insta. You can follow us everywhere. Like, follow, subscribe, comment, 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 interact. I will gladly discuss it. Uh, with my opinion only because I have the microphone, uh, but I will take your opinions into consideration. And I am not a mean host. I would never shame any of you. So let's have some fun with it and have some, uh, some conversation talking about wrestling. Uh, you might feel the urge, like I said, to, to get after me about AEW next week's episode. Feel free. Let me shout out John Kiernan, my producer, and the amazing artist behind my theme, Into the Fire. It leads us into the episode. It's going to take us out, Into the Fire, featuring Moneyzy, which you can find on iTunes. Uh, thank you again for listening. With that being said, John, throw me into the fire that is wrestling podcasting. Deuces, my friends. <laughs>